Welcome, everybody, to another episode of All Comic Interviews. I am joined by another person from across the pond, somebody I've been trying to get for a while now, somebody whose work I have admired for quite a while as well. Uh, his name is Mark Lamming. You might know him from his Marvel work. You might know him from his Boom Studio work. Uh, and if you don't, then you need to learn real quick. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. So, so, I finally got you on here. Um, yeah, uh, it's... It... Go ahead. Yes, it's, it's it's been a tough uh, it's been tough getting me on, but um, you know at last we've managed to make it work. Well, you're you're just too damn busy these days, Mister uh, Mister Fancy Marvel Artist. Yeah, it seems to be. It's it, yeah, it's, it it doesn't seem five minutes ago that I was at Boom. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was just discovering you. Uh, I, I think I the first the first book I think I saw you on was uh, Planet of the Apes with. Uh, Gabe Hardman and uh, Karina Becko. I think I probably said her name wrong. Um, yep, no, yeah, it's, it's Becko like Echo, so okay. you're on the money. Excellent. Um, that's all I want is to say names wrong after all the problems you've had, eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get into that, though. Um, where, uh, what was your first, uh, where did you start in comics? What was your first published work? Because I don't think it was Planet of the Apes, right? You had some, oh, some... no, 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 I've, I've, I've had two or three kind of, careers in comics um i first of all when, when i left art college you know in the early 90s um i went to work for ipc who um do to or did at the time 2000 ad and, and comics like that and i worked on a, a title called revolver which was then edited by peter the writer you might um you should know peter hogan um and I, I did some inventory stuff for them, and I did some stuff um, for a, a romance anthology that they were doing at the time. And unfortunately, um, the bottom dropped out of British comics the moment I got into them. So it was, um, there's loads of work. Here, we're going to give you loads of stuff to do. And then suddenly the industry disappeared. And it was kind of, yeah, we haven't got room for new guys. So I went off and sulked for a while and worked in a co comic book shop and did some teaching. And then I came back in the early 2000s um, doing, oh, previous to that, I, I'd done some self-publishing in the, the mid-90s. But then early 2000s, I got to meet Shelley Bond at um, Vertigo and ended up working with Howard Chaikin and, um, on, on American Century for them, which I did for a couple of years. And then due to some... Um, family circumstances at the time had to bow out I then went back into teaching and eventually started getting people saying why aren't you drawing comics and um and started getting offers you know out of the blue so it was um which brought me to boom and from there you know you know the story now now i'm all caught up um it's uh, a pretty common occurrence for uh for english uh creators i guess to kind of go through that 2000 ad route it seems oh yeah well you used to you know unless you were self-publishing it was really the one way of, of of getting in um in the british industry which we used to have a massive comic book industry um probably larger than the u.s industry at one point you know there would be hundreds of weekly comics out every week when i was a kid in the 70s you know it was you had so much to choose from it was ridiculous to the point where we were employing lots of um, European and, um, and um, Hispanic artists to, to fill in because they, there weren't enough British artists to work on all of these comic books. So um, 
but that that industry was kind of dwindling by the 80s and then had disappeared by by the 90s and at the, that point in sort of i suppose 85 86 when comics were cool again it all picked up and a lot of people like um real publishers like penguin books started doing their own imprints and things like that but sadly they they died off as the interest in in comics died off uh did you ever get to play with the the big guy mr judge dread did you ever get to work on that at all the only time i've done any judge dread stuff was um for for a men's fitness magazine where i was doing um it was about the time the, the last Dread movie came out and they wanted um, some illustrations for Dread exercising. <laughs> so that's the only time I've ever, ever ever played with Dread. And they are the most bizarre pictures ever. <laughs> you know, you've got him doing curls and things like that and pull-ups, and um, but still being badass and still being the law. And wearing the helmet, of course. <laughs> oh, uh, of course. Yeah, that doesn't come off. <laughs> Do it, you know, work, just in workout gear and the helmet, you know. I can imagine it. I got. I got to track that down now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll post them up online again. I, 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 can't, I think I put them up a couple of years ago because they're, they're just so funny. <laughs> yeah, you should do that, and I'll, I'll take a look at that. That's interesting. Um, so jumping back into when you started with Boom, was that one of those uh, out of the blue? Hey, you want to come do something over here? Yeah, completely. Um, it was um, Eric over at Boom um, dropped me a. a an email out of the blue saying, look, I've seen your, your, um, your work on, it must've been either my blog or, or perhaps even on the old drawing board message boards, which sadly have gone, but that's where a lot of the guys who did the comics twat before, um, they moved to, um, to Twitter were, were all kind of hanging out and I, I, you know, we were all posting lots of work up on there. So I think that's possibly where he'd seen my work. And I got offered a book called The Rinse, which was um, sort of hard-boiled modern crime story, which is great fun. Uh, who is that? Who is writing that one? Um, oh, gosh. The name's going to completely fall out of my head. It was... Ah! <laughs> Sur- surname's Phillips, and I can't remember his first name. Because um, The Rinse just sounds familiar to me, and I can't think of it either, so... No, it's, it's terrible, but, you know, it was fun. Four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick, but the uh, internet is not going well. Uh, Gary Phillips. That's it, yeah. yeah right. uh, and he's a great writer. He mostly, he mostly does um, crime novels, and I'd read his work before um, doing this, so it was one of those books where it was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely want to do that. <laughs> uh, how many uh, Planet of the Apes did you end up doing? You did two trades worth? Uh, no, just the one. It was like a, a five-issue mini. Oh, right. It was because uh, they 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 did and they, a couple more after you then. Yeah, they, they did Cataclysm afterwards. Um, they were trying to... I think Boom had another project they were interested in me doing straight after Planet of the Apes. But at that point, I then got offered um, the Splinter Cell graphic novel with Nathan Edmondson, and they were offering to pay me ridiculous money and that boom just couldn't beat and it was um one of those ones where it was sort of thinking with my wallet rather than my heart <laughs> and i went and, and did that one well you, since, since how you mentioned it first uh what what happened with that because i feel like we ended up waiting for a long time for that series and then i, I remember the first issue having a bit of steam behind it and then it just kind of disappeared um well what happened was it, it, the 
the the plan originally with Ubisoft was that the um, there would be like a limited edition version that came out with the game. So when um, Blacklist came out, you got then the Splinter Cell Echoes book with it. Then they decided, uh, and then there would be um, a release of it as a graphic novel to all comic shops. And then they decided that that wasn't what they were going to do. They were just going to do it with the limited edition game. But it was weirdly then licensed to like individual countries in Europe. So you could get it in, in German, you could get it in French, but you couldn't get it in English. And if you hadn't bought the game, you couldn't get it. And then um, about almost two years after it was finished, Dynamite picked up the um, the, the license and, and put it out as a four-issue mini and then a, a trade paperback. But again, you know, we, we lost um, a lot of... Um, you, we completely lost UK sales because there was no license for the UK. So... You know, that's still the book that no one that I finished, no one in the UK has ever seen. Yeah, it, it was weird. I, I remember, you know, you and I, I think we talked on Twitter or something, and you're like, oh, I'm doing this, this is coming up, this is coming up, and then, yeah, it, it just kind of went away. I didn't realize it was two years after it was done that Dynamite finally picked it up. What yeah, I mean, it's a real, it was a real shame because, you know, both Nathan and I put, put in some really hard graft on, on the book. You know, half of it was painted and it had some beautiful colours on it and um, you know Ian Herring did a marvellous job on it but it was one of those things where you know it just lost all of its um, its kind of energy when the game wasn't successful yeah I guess that's another point too is that I didn't really hear anything about the game either the game was released and then that was it like you never heard anything I remember the first one came out way back when it was amazing but since then they haven't been able to repeat that yeah, and they had a huge team working on this thing. I mean, they, they flew us in to um, to sort of see the game before the game came out and all sorts of things. And, you know, we got to see the, their motion capture stuff and loads and loads of other cool things. Um, and, you know, and loads of stuff I can't even talk about because we had to sign so many NDA, uh, non-disclosure agreements and things like that about it. <laughs> but, um, you, you know... The, but like I said, there was like just this, it was this massive space just full of guys, you know, rocking this stuff out. And, and you know, it looked amazing. I mean, I, I'm not a gamer myself, but, you know, it was one of those things where, it, it, you know, it was very inspiring to see before you were about to start the project. And, 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 and I mean, the from what I know of Splinter Cell, it's probably changed since I played the first one there. But, I mean, Nathan Edmondson sounds like the perfect writer as well, too. So he's got that oh, very yeah, military... Totally. That, yeah, I mean it's that that sort of spy-fi thing, you know. He, he's he's you know well and truly into, you know, it, a level that I will never be into. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, he, he loves his hardware. Yeah, and he, and he damn, he does it does it well. That uh, that Punisher book he's doing right now is amazing. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, Marvel must have picked you up after your boom stint, then, right? You went from Planet of the Apes uh, no, to Splinter Cell, yeah, what, and then. Um, I'd started working on a creator-owned project with my pal, Nate Cosby, who then ended up becoming an editor over at um, Dynamite. He had previously been at, at Marvel, but then was at, uh, moved over to Dynamite because they wanted him to launch the um, King Features line again. So, you know, it was Flash Gordon, Mandrake, The Phantom, right, right. Jungle Jim, all those guys. And originally he was... He'd, he'd sent me a list of, of the books coming out. It's like, which one do you want to draw? 
and we by the way we've also got the gold key books so do you want that also will include um two rock and um robo fighting magnus you know, there was, yeah, yeah yeah there was loads of really cool stuff and um so i th- i can't remember what i plumped for it it probably the phantom i think or two rock it was the, they were the two i was most interested in um and then it was like okay all the plans have changed they want to do this crossover first which was king's watch which was phantom mandrake and flash gordon all in one book and I was like, mm, I'm not sure. And then he said, but Jeff Parker's writing it. And it's like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> and that, <laughs> you know, that was all I needed to hear at that point. Because I'd been, you know, jonesing to work with, with Jeff since I'd first read his work. So, um, you know, and, and he gave me just great stuff to draw. And, you know, we both have a very similar sort of, um, I, I suppose, um, approach to these things. And it was that thing of, um, of course we want to do it because, you know, we we love these characters and we want to be the ones to mess it up if anyone's going to do it. <laughs> I, I know uh, I, I wasn't overly familiar with those characters. I mean, I, I'd, I'd heard of them. I'd seen a little bit and stuff, but I mean, obviously seeing your name on it, I don't know how I forgot about this, but seeing your name on it, I went and checked it out and it, it really did turn out to be a really cool series. Um, I, I mean, it was a real love letter to those characters from myself and Jeff. And, you know, they went on to even better things when they got... Um, Evan Shaner in to do Flash Gordon straight afterwards, um, you know, which which just looks superb. Yeah, you know, he did such a great job on that book. Uh, you you stayed on for covers, right? Oh yeah, I mean that was again that was you know a dream come true. What do you want to do? Oh, well, I'll just do the covers, you know. And it was, you know, do you want to draw Flash Gordon once a month? Yes, please. <laughs> were you were you just doing covers on Flash then, or did you do it for the other ones as well? Um, I've, I've just done, well, I say just done, back in um, December, I did um, a, a big piece which all of the covers joined together for, for all of the King Features line for, I think it's number three of each of the books. So some of them have, have been delayed, so not all of the covers have hit yet, but, you know, there's one for Jungle Jim, there's one for Mandrake, there's one for... The Flash, there's one for Prince Valiant, which was, you know, the best thing ever to get to draw Prince Valiant. That was great. Um, but that that was quite a neat little job. But that, you know, that, that was Nate and all of his friends getting to do covers. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, it, it, it does seem like that line stalled a little bit, kind of like the same issues they had with Gold Key when it, when it first came back. And there was a lot of stumbles and steps. But for what for what's come out, there's definitely been some really good stuff from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nate's a great editor, you know, and just doesn't put out rubbish. Yeah, you know, he's, and, he's and that's really, good too. You know, he's he's one of these people that you know is is always, you know, um, a safe pair of hands. Um, are you still doing covers for those books then? Um, let's see. I haven't done anything for Dynamite for a couple of months. I've I've just done covers for what will be their new pulp line. I've, I've done one month's worth. So I did the number one variant for Justice Inc. Um, one for um, The Shadow and and Doc Savage as well. Are they relaunching The Shadow? Because uh, 100 just came out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're, they're all, of the, all of their pulp line, I think they're going back and doing number ones of again. It just feels like they just did that. <laughs> But I guess that's comics nowadays, eh? 
yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, that's comics. You know, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Well, yeah, and you hear Marvel wants to do more of a season type publishing at, uh, route, I guess. So, uh, it's nothing I've I've heard them talk about. No, um, I know that I know they're going back to this number one thing. There seems to be an awful lot of speculation rather than a lot of facts going on about you know what all new, all different Marvel will be. Yeah. So it's been one of those things where it's it's quite interesting, you know, with the inside baseball, you know, just to go, yeah, you don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I try not to pay attention to rumors, but I think it was like comic book resources or something that said it. And it was just like, it, it wasn't that this is what's going to happen. It's something like Marvel was considering or is considering, you know, doing like a season run. So every year, you know, for for, for example, they'll do 12 issues of something. And then, boom! Next season, it'll be somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it's a very sensible model, and you know, in terms of um, of, of keeping creative teams fresh, you know, it's a very good thing. You know, but I, I can imagine that you know, if you get a you know a kick-ass um, run from, say, Hickman and whoever else is 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 drawing it, um, that people are going to be crying when it gets to issue twelve that he won't be doing it next. So you know, it's it's that difficult thing isn't it you know well it wouldn't really be the comics industry if fans weren't crying about something so <laughs> yeah so, so true <laughs> <laughs> so okay we're talking about marvel uh let's start at your beginning there how did you how did marvel rope you in um gosh um trying to think what ah yes this one's a, a it's a nice um sort of things do happen if you take work to cons um story i was a Thought Bubble, which is the one of the big UK conventions, is I suppose the closest thing you have to what, what that particular con's like is um, Heroes. So it's very art based. It there's um, very little in the way of um, comic book dealers. It's mostly artists and and writers and and lots of events for families and stuff like that. But Marvel and DC and Image normally have a, an editorial presence there. And I'd heard that C.B. Sabowski was going to be there, so I talked to one of the um, the people running the portfolio reviews and said, look, you know, I just want 10 minutes with him to um, show him my work. I haven't seen him for a few years. Um, you know, give me a slot. So I ha- had a slot for the Saturday, went to see him, and the first thing he said to me was, why aren't you already working for us? <laughs> And that, you know, and that was my day made. You know, that wasn't going to be a bad portfolio review at that point. <laughs> yeah, you you pretty much could do whatever you want, and you were probably in there. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. And then um, CB kept in touch. I was sending him pages as I was finishing them for King's Watch, and um, yeah, we basically played um, email tennis for a while, and then it would have been. Christmas Eve 2013, um, I got an email from him saying, my Christmas present to you is being um, the swing artist on New Avengers, uh, sorry, new, all New Invaders and um, the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Have a good holiday. I'll talk to you in the new year. Yeah, cheers. You know, <laughs> so that was great. You know, and, and from that, I got introduced to Mark Panicci, who's been my editor over at Marvel ever since. Uh, you're not exclusive over there, though, eh? No. No, no. no. So, I can, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just jobbing for them at the moment, but they're keeping me busy. 
Yeah, you got uh, uh, your Invaders stuff was great. Um, then your your Fantastic Four stuff was really good, of course. Um, Thank you. And then is the the current Planet Hulk your, the first one that you're like the main artist on? Yeah, so uh, that that's the first thing that you know my name's on the cover rather than it being he's filling in for. So that's great, you know, and, and it seems to have gone down really well. I've, it's been the most fun to draw. And it they're really getting your has. name right. Oh yeah, well they they managed it now. <laughs> <laughs> for for anybody that, that doesn't know or doesn't follow me on Twitter or something, it's happened a few times where they'll spell his name completely wrong, and it irritates the shit out of me. So I always like to tag Marvel in it and correct them. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was like what half a dozen issues that they did that to before they started getting their shit together. Yeah, uh, uh, I got lots of apologies. It was it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess on the back end you probably did, but it's just like you see it and you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was I mean, like I mean, you were you were Mark with a K and Lanning at one point. Uh, you were Mark with a C, but Lamming with two M's. Like there was a bunch of different ways they were screwing you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't quite mook looning, but it, 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 it had almost happened. Almost happened. Well, see, that's just good. I mean, though. I mean, occasionally I still get Andy Lanning's um, comp sent to me by various companies. Oh, really? Which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah take it when you and, can and get the, it. Eh? <laughs> and the the funny thing about that is Andy Lanning's the guy who introduced me to Shelley Bond over at Vertigo to start with. So <laughs> he ha- he has far too much to be blamed for in the first place. <laughs> Um, I gotta say, uh, Planet Hulk is fucking amazing. Um, Thank you very much. I feel like I say that a lot to everybody I talk to, but I really like interviewing everybody I, I've interviewed, so I'm very biased. I pretty much just interview whoever I want and screw everybody else, but uh, it, it really, really, really is good. Um, and uh, I think I tweeted this to you yesterday. Um, Marvel can thank you for them getting any more of my money, because I was... Yeah, cause it- you were really down on Secret Wars, weren't you, as a concept, before yeah. you'd read it? It, it was bummed. I, I can remember trying to convince you, and you were having none of it. No, no, I was I was getting it from both sides. I was getting it from the DC crap, and then I was getting it from Marvel, and I was just, like, overwhelmed, and I was knee-deep in, in Valiant, and I was just like, like, like I don't want to deal with their shit anymore. But uh, you were like, nope, nope, you got to do it, you got to do it, and then you're like, hey, I'm drawing this book with Captain America and Devil Dinosaur. So, you know, you should probably check that out. <laughs> so I figure I'm like, well, well, shit, I'll get Secret Wars so I figure so I know what's going on in Mark's book. And then that was it. Well, you see, I mean the the obviously the good thing about being sort of inside baseball on this stuff is I knew how much fun everybody else was having with their books. And it really has been that thing of, you know, here guys, go mad, tell great stories, have fun. And that's been like the editorial sort of dictate throughout. So you know you're never going to get bad work from people when that's the attitude. Yeah, uh, and and you, you definitely see it in a lot of the books that are out right now. I mean, they can take all these chances because, as far as it seems, everything's going to be done anyway, and they're going to have a whole new status quo anyway. So you can play with it and you know go as crazy as you want. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 you know, there have been restrictions, of course. You know, like you know, you can't have Captain America sort of shooting people and things like that, you know, that's just not on. But, um, but you know, besides that, it's been very much, you know, tell the story you want to tell, which has been really good. Uh, how, uh, how quickly did you say yes when they offered this job to you? Um, I don't think there was any gap from the moment I got the email. <laughs> I think it was like, yes. 
That's. Uh... But, but but I've been teased about it for ages. Mark, the the editor, had been like, "Yeah, I've got this whole project that I think you might be good for. You did some nice work on that annual that we did. You know, you like drawing the Hulk, right?" And the, you know, it, was, it was conversations like this, and he just kept, he kept me hanging for months, not knowing what it was going to be. Can you uh, can you say how how many issues you're doing for this? Yeah, it's five. Is it, it is five? Okay. I don't I don't think it's yeah. actually been announced, or I, or I haven't seen it anyway. Like I said, I try to I try to ignore like rumors, and I try to ignore previews and stuff. And... Yeah, it, it's it's very very much a self-contained story. I I really don't want to spoil any of the story for you because it's um. You know, it's almost any story beat will give you too much information, <laughs> and that's fair. Uh, you know, all comic doesn't do any spoilers, so I'm I'm cool with that. Um, but uh, are you done then? All five issues? Uh, no, I'm halfway through four, and and about you know a week or so away from starting five. Um, when it came to speaking of uh, uh, really great issues, actually, uh, Jordan Boyd is doing the colors, and he's working he you is. on. I think he's worked with you on everything I've seen. Uh, he did King's Watch with me, and he did the Hulk annual. Wasn't he? I thought I thought he was on Planets as well, Planet of the Apes. No, that was oh gosh, Darren, and I can't remember his surname, but that was a, one of the the Boom colorists. Oh okay. Um, did you were you instrumental then in bringing him on, or was Marvel? He was already on Marvel's radar, and you guys just happened to work together again. Or? I'm trying to think how that happened. Um, ah, what it was. Was he was already doing the Hulk annual because he'd been he'd done the um, Hulk book with um, Gabriel Hardman, um, he, who'd done a I think I'm trying to, Savage Hulk the, right. the mini that they did, and you know they'd done a two parter on that because uh, I'd introduced um, Gabriel to um, to Jordan, and then they started working together. Yeah, they do um, a lot of work together. Like said, yeah, I mean, they're, just, they're an awesome team. They really work together well. And um, Mark had just said, oh, yeah, Jordan Boyd's doing the um, the, the colouring on this issue. You know him, don't you? And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've worked together. And, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, we've always gelled well together and we have a, you know, we're both used to sort of the amount of notes and stuff that we send backwards and forwards to each other. So we have a, a working relationship, you know? Yeah. It's always good to see the, uh, you know, colorists and, and, and artists or pencilers, or however you want to define yourself, um, you know, working together on different books, different projects and, and keeping that kind of like synergy together. And, and, uh, obviously Jordan is doing really, really well. Uh, you read my review, so you know what I think about that. Um, oh, he's just doing killer stuff. You know, uh, it's really weird when you see the digital file as opposed to the actual um, print copy. There's such a difference. Yeah, I mean, he's just great. Um, and the the way we got to work together was he'd sent me, um, I think it was just via Twitter. It was kind of here, dude. This is something I've done, and it was one of the pages from um, Planet of the Apes. And he'd just done such an amazing job. It was like, oh, damn, why haven't we got him on the book now? So when we came to do um, King's Watch, it was just like, I don't want anybody else. This is who I want. Well, that's good. I mean, how much control do you really have over that? I mean, did it... Oh, you have, you have nothing. So it, but it's, uh, but it, it's one of those things. People, you know, it, if they can afford them and they're free, then people, you know, editors will, will do their best to, to get people that 
they think will work well with you or you you work well with. But you know, it all depends on on budgets and um, timings. Yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Timing's a bitch when it comes to uh, comic creators, as I've learned very quickly trying to set up these interviews. Uh, not just with you, but literally everybody I've had to interview, I've almost had to change days or times. Or <laughs> oh, it's so tough, man. You know what happens is you, you know, you can have had a bad day during the week, and your schedule gets thrown out, or um, editorial suddenly needs something, and your plans are out of the window. It's it's it it's not the the most conducive um, job to sort of having a social life. <laughs> I've heard that one a lot too. Yeah. Uh, is your have you have you noticed a big difference from going from like uh, Boom Studios to Marvel as far as your time goes and time management and all that stuff? Uh, well, I'm no longer um, doing anything other than layouts on paper, so everything's now digital. So things tend to be faster, but I'm put, putting more work into every page. You know, if you go back and look at the stuff on the rents, it's it's quite an open style that I was using. Yeah, because I wanted. I think I I had like three weeks to get an issue in, on on that. So I had to find a style that was going to be conducive to, because I was also working, still working um, part time as a lecturer, running degree courses in illustration and graphic design while I was doing that. So I was, tr- you know, not only was um, <laughs> I trying to get a book done in in three weeks, I was also. Um, working other other you know other jobs at the same time oh, i couldn't imagine that that just sounds like stress to me oh it, to be honest the um the teaching was so stressful that it was great to come home and do something which was just about me <laughs> um because, because i was running those those courses you know it was my, my head was on the block every time i had to make a decision about anything so it was um nice to have something where there was an editor going now this is what you need to do yeah you just kind of get to play with it as, as you as you want to yeah, um, you. you uh, I think I remember when you switched digital. You've only been doing digital for like a year or two, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. I went full digital on. Um, it would have been a, an issue of the activity was the first time I did it, mostly because I. I think I had fourteen days to get that done as well. Ouch. So yeah, I, I was behind. So it was one of those ones where it was like the book needs to be done can you do it? And it was like, yeah, if I don't sleep, I might be able to do it in 14 days. <laughs> what, but, uh, know, what, don't what, expect that. Go ahead. Sorry, but it was one of those ones where, you know, don't expect quite so much detail. Yeah, and I mean, following Mitch Gerds is, uh, hopefully I said his name right, uh, is, uh, is a hard thing to do, I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, plus Mitch had got um, very much sort of an idiosyncratic look to how he was producing the work. So, um, and it was very photorealistic. So you, you know, had to follow that. You couldn't kind of go Bigfoot cartoony on it. You know, it had to be very much sort of real world, gritty, dirty, fairly photographic. But uh, you're you're pretty damn good at that. I, I've been calling you the master of the uh, the faces for a long time now. Uh, oh yeah, but you're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I see a lot of art, Mark, and no, I I know it's good. And I know it's not good. <laughs> You are you. You have well, something you. about your expressions, man. It just just fantastic. I don't even know how to explain it in words. Well, it's well, it's. I think it's being brought up on a lot of British comics as well as American ones. In Marvel comics, when when I was a kid and you'd first look at them, tend to be a lot of people with open mouths, like yelling. Whereas there was lots of um, subtlety, more subtlety in in the 
the adventure strips we had in British comics. So, you know, it's, it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. I've, I've kind of got, I think. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you know I like the big sort of Buscema moments of, of like the big open mouth um, <laughs> that you get to do. But I also like the, the sort of, you know, bit where you, you see that somebody's just, you know, um, you know, slitting their eyes slightly and talking out the side of their mouth. You know, that's the sort, you know, it's nice to have that kind of sort of difference in, in, in it. And it also gives you light and shade within the, the acting in the book. Do you uh, do you take a lot of photo references, like of yourself or friends or something for fake? Oh, you like you never ever ever want to see what's in my photo booth file. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad ones. Oh no, this is terrible. Um, but you know, it's me being every character. But um, I don't slavishly work to them. It's more um, one of those things where it's. I used to when I was drawing um, just at the drawing board all day, have a little mirror that I'd refer to if I needed a, something. So I, I use it as the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't get copied and pasted into the, the art file, for instance, you know, and then traced over. It's just something that's there as, as a guide. Yeah, just a general, like, hey, how would your mouth look if I did this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hands are another one. You know, it it it's that thing where it's, it's, you know, if you can take a quick photograph of that pose you need, brilliant. You know, but it'll probably be end up being sort of like this inch square thing. So you're not going for massive detail. Yeah, it's just uh, you just need to get the pose right. Um, for your uh, for your digital setup, are you using the the Wacom setup that everybody seems to be using? It's kind of like industry standard now. Yep, yep. It's um, you know nice big Cintiq, but rather than using Manga Studio because I'm such a luddite and I've I've oh God, I've been using. Photoshop, I think, since it first came out. So <laughs> I'm so comfortable with Photoshop that, it, you know, I, I have got Manga Studio on here and I do open it every so often, but I tend to open it, start a file and close it and go, nope. <laughs> are you are you on the, yeah. new, the new CC versions that Photoshop has right now? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, yeah I've been playing around with that. And I really like it. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that with the way the subscription works, you have access to everything as well. I think that's great. Yeah, that's it's about damn time because I mean I could never afford Photoshop before, and it's about time that you know we can do something that anybody can have access to. So yeah, I mean although you end up paying more than you used to to buy it outright, you know, but who's got like eight nine hundred dollars to spare at that moment when the new version comes out? Well, yeah. Whereas exactly. if you're paying that that subscription fee, one you know once a month, you don't tend to notice it. You know, it's it. It, it's just a direct debit that comes out of your account, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not that crazy hit, you know. I mean, I've, I've been playing with Photoshop since like five point five, which is like a. It was like an educational version that my uh, my teacher had given me, and yeah, it's just been bonkers. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it was that the last one I bought was the the version before they went subscription, and I, you know, I think the upgrade was you know in pounds like four hundred pounds. Oh yeah, and it was like this is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, um, unless you can write it off, like that's just ridiculous, right? Oh, you can, you can, but you know, you 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 can only write off the tax on it, not the whole amount. So it's um. Oh yeah, right. But you know, I mean, that that I, I don't know how it would work in in the US with that, whether or not you get a with with your taxes if you you get like the full value of it off. I don't know either, because I'm in Canada. Damn it, Mark. Ah, you're in Canada. Ah. <laughs> Calling me American. <laughs> Sorry. It's like. It's, 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 <laughs> It's like when I was bugging uh, Andre uh, Arujo uh, in the last episode that we did, and I, I just kind of bugged him, said he was uh, 
from Spain, and he's like, no, Portugal, and he was like really pissed off. And, <laughs> it's pretty much like that. He's like, no, this interview's yeah. over. Um, okay. I'm, I'm always curious with people that go digital. Uh, I hear a lot of great things like speed, and I mean, I'm sure sending the files is easier and this and that. Do you do you notice a big hit as far as like, I mean, you, you have no pages to sell, right? So is that something that um, you noticed? Did you did you really care before? Do you know, I've never had big original art sales. It's only been since I've been working at Marvel when people have have, have wanted pages. So um, it used to be that thing of you, you'd carry your portfolio along to a show, open it up, people would look through it, they'd say it was nice. But because there was, you know, no super recognizable characters, you know, that past sort of six people were interested in, um, they'd it'd be like, oh, that's really lovely. Oh, look, isn't it nicely drawn, isn't it? You know, doesn't <laughs> the, the paint look lovely? And then they close the portfolio and you take it home and, you know, you... So I, I wasn't seeing any sales on that stuff. So um, I don't feel like I miss it at all. No. Yeah, I, I know some guys still do it. And, I mean, there's obviously there's lots of art that I would like to buy. I would love to buy your art. You still owe me a commission, oh, it... by the way. But uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I do. <laughs> um... Well, yeah, I, I'm always wondering. I mean, there's like you said, I I see that too at shows and or the couple of shows I've been to, where the portfolio is there. But yeah, you you flip through it. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. I wish I could buy that, but I can't buy it. So hey, you know that's it. You walk on. So yeah, I, it's probably a pain in the ass to lug around too, and you know you don't want anything damaged and. Yeah, so I mean, what what I'm tending to do now for shows is I'll, I, uh, and this is just in the last few weeks because I'm I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. I thought I'm, I'm going to need some portfolio stuff to sell because I don't want to do too many commissions over the weekend. Um, so I'm doing sort of um, nine by 12 headshots and stuff, which I'm just doing, you know, traditionally and then feeding into a folder to sell at some point. Oh yeah. Just, just uh, like little sketch cards or whatever, right? Yeah. Just, you know, just fun little things for me and, but of recognizable characters. So it's, it's, it's it's not me being self indulgent. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I found that uh, a lot of companies are doing the the blank variants a lot more now too, and I don't know if that's a direct correlation to all the guys going digital, or most of the guys. But that I mean that's a pretty good one as well. I've seen a lot of guys doing those sketch covers. I have fear of those though. Whenever somebody puts one of those in front of me, it's like I know you've already spent a fair amount of money buying this. If I ruin this. <laughs> You're not going to be pleased. Is, is kind of what goes through my head when I'm I'm handed one. There's, there's a guy who's been after me doing a Punisher one from for must be two years now, and every time he puts it in front of me, I just look at him and it's like, you don't want to do it today, do you? And it's like, no. <laughs> well, okay, I guess there's that effect too. You get a little gun shy, but personally, I don't. It, think, it, I don't think you could possibly. It's not that it so up. much. It, it's it's also the the board that that the covers are printed on is very odd to draw on and you can't kind of um, anticipate how the ink's going to go down. Oh, they don't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't bite or whatever. Like it's uh yeah. So sometimes it will sit on the surface and, and not dry. So they become, you know, it's like a, a smudge danger arena oh, <laughs> yeah. than anything else. I got, I can or, you, you know, if you want to do some washes, it's, it, it, it's like, it just doesn't go in, you know, this is all technical bollocks but um you know it's it's but you know it's that that thing of of um you know it it just adds to the fear in the first place of ruining that thing that somebody's brought along it's like being given a sketchbook full of awesome art (laughs) 
and somebody says, hey, would you like to do a piece in here? And you look through it and it's like, oh, look, there's a piece by Mobius in here. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, can I, can I do it at the yeah. complete opposite end of the book? Nowhere near that one. <laughs> yeah, this is really flattering and everything. But, you know, this is really scaring me. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about doing that myself. I really want to get like a nice hardcover sketchbook with really nice paper. And I'd like to just start getting people to do Hellboy books for me or Hellboy drawings for me. But anyway. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, I, I really like themed books. Those are always fun. Yeah, yeah it, some... it'd be Hellboy or Swamp Thing or maybe maybe one of the one or one of the other mixed in together. <laughs> but uh, I, I could see where, you know, you, you know, if I get a Mignola one and everybody's like, yeah, I'm not drawing Hellboy if he's in this book. <laughs> Yeah, you see, that's always you know. There's always a Jeff Darrow in there that makes you go, "Jesus, whatever I do is just going to be terrible compared <sighs> to this." God damn, that guy's good, eh? Oh, absolutely, and he just draws without thinking. You know, it's almost like a savant thing. You you can be talking to him, and he's drawing away, not even looking at the paper. And there's like you know this dinosaur with dustbins all over it, and a samurai standing on top on a mountain um, <laughs> in the middle of a. a a crowded Tokyo city scene, you know, it's <laughs> bananas. The stuff he does. I have not had a chance to meet him. I, I got to speak with him a little bit. We did an interview with him just uh, like an email one, uh, a year or two. And yeah, he was just, he was really nice. He's like, I'm not going to talk about my work or the themes. He's like, but if you want to like just chat and talk about this, he's like, I'll answer whatever you want. He's like, I'm not going to try. Yeah, I'm not going to break it down for you. You take from, from it what you want. Yeah, that's, that's very much what he's like when you speak to him in person. He, you know, he's happy to talk to you about bad monster movies. You know, that that that's the kind of guy he is. Um, geez, I think we're running out but of I time. Think, you're, you're, you screwed me up you know, here. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but I think that's true of most artists. You know, we'd much rather talk about other people's work rather than ours. I, I know you said you were going to try to do that, and you were known for turning the conversation on to somebody else, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've just been trying to de derail this, and you're not letting me, damn it. I, I told you I wasn't going to. I ain't taking that shit. <laughs> this is about you, and occasionally me, when I have some smart-ass comment to make. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm looking at my recorder, and it says 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's not very bad. Oh, no, shit, that's 45 minutes now. Um, so we're getting about the time where I feel people's attention spans are going to start to wane when this thing becomes one big uh, podcast. Um, so I know I ask this question every time and, and creators can't answer it for me because comics is a one big secret agent pile of crap and it drives me nuts. But, uh, what do you got going on after Planet Hulk, man? More Marvel work. Yeah. That's all. That's really all I can say. Hey, that, that works uh, for me. That works for me. Um, I mean, the real, real trouble is that even I don't know, uh, I've been told there are two projects that they have in mind for me. They're waiting for them to be greenlit, and I don't know what at least one of them is. So, uh, um, do you know if they're ongoing you know, or minis or anything? <laughs> your guess is as good as mine at this point. <laughs> all right, I, mean, all right. I, 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 I know it, it's like at least another year's work. Yeah, oh, that's, so, good. that's uh, good at least. But you, you know, also, you know, they they spend a lot of money um, working out their marketing sh strategies and things like that. But you know, I've given you the most honest answer I can. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I, I Like I said, I've gotten used to it where, I, oh, I got this really cool thing happening, but I can't tell you about it. And then this is happening, but I can't tell you about it. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, or it's getting announced at San Diego, and I'm just like, well, fuck San Diego. I don't care. Tell me now. But I'm, I'm impatient, so that, that's a given. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but you, you know, it's one of those things where you, you don't want to, you, you know, you, you don't want to shit on your doorstep either. So it's that, 
um, you, you don't want to piss your editor off because they're the people that give you the work. Oh, yeah, I, I, completely, you know? I completely understand it. It doesn't mean that I like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, where can, uh, where can people find you on social media and you've you got a website and all that fun stuff? Well, you can find me on, on Twitter, um, which is monkey mark with two underscores between monkey and mark um, because somebody else had nicked it before me. And it's um, mark, mark with got... a C. That's Mark with a C, Laming, L-A-M-I-N-G. And if you go to um, Blogspot and put in Monkey Mark again, you should find me on there. And I'm on DeviantArt. I don't do Facebook um, just because I've never found a use for it. I know. Um, uh, Facebook's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just never appealed to me. It, just, it always felt like um, people spying. Or, it, it, it's like the worst school reunion ever. Yeah, that constantly happens. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. that thing of like, it, it, it's a million people that you didn't get on with who want to know your business. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100%. That should be their new catchphrase. Yeah. But, I don't uh, think they'd have as many subscribers. <laughs> but I, I noticed something there. How do you say your last name, Mark? Laming, L-A-M-I-N-G. Well, fuck, you should have correct. I said Laming. No, saying, no. I've been look, saying Laming you know for like three years. Man, people have been getting that name wrong since I was five. It's not its not something I ever worry about. <laughs> uh, I get that too, I guess, but still. It drives me nuts. Everybody knows I can't say names. My wife constantly harasses me. She's like, you have an interview show, but you can't say anybody's name. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's why no, I had you're, uh, you're... Andre Lima. I'm like, Andre, you got to say your name for me because I'm not even going to try. Like, I'm just going to butcher it. But hey. But, you know, it, it, but, oh. you know the, it, like I say, it's not something I, I, I worry about. Well, good, because uh, that's all I need is for you to end this conversation. Be like, I oh, motherfucker got my name wrong. <laughs> no. No no commissions for him. That Well, that's true. You know that's the case. You know I blacklisted you. <laughs> hey, I've only been trying for at least two years, I think. I think you were still doing Planet of the Apes when I started bugging you about it. So I'm, I'm sure you were. I'm, the, the trouble is, I tend to now do commissions per show that I'm going to be turning up at, yeah. rather than... You know, if I occasionally do one, I mean, the real problem is once I've finished the work, then finding the time to package it all up and get it out to the post office. You know, there, there is, there's at least three people hating on me at the moment for things they're waiting for. <laughs> well, you're just too damn busy doing too many good things, man. Well, yeah, I'm certainly, certainly busy. <laughs> I don't know about the good things, but certainly busy. Uh, hey, uh, I think that's it. I think we're going to stop it there because, like I said, people's attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Um, but I appreciate you finally taking the time uh, to chat with me. Uh, it's been an honor. I, I love your work as my review that I will link in this post will show. Um, well, thank you so much. I hope I haven't been too boring. No, man, it's it's great. I, I could hear I could, uh, hear you ramble and chat all day. Um, I just got to stop because now I'm rambling. So uh, <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to that shit. Um, yeah, we'll get your info up on the, on your, on the page and make sure people follow you. And I look forward to, uh, the rest of, of Planet Hulk and whatever crazy project or two you got left and, or got next. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch on Twitter, man. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. And thanks ever so much for having me on the show. Uh, no worries. Anytime, man. Anytime. When you, when your next one's uh, announced, we'll get you back on. Absolutely. All right. All right, buddy. Take care. Yeah. Take care. All right, bye. Bye.